0: flashbacks of some great memories of cooking with joe joe flannery joe is our guest today it's a joe flannery birthday today and somebody said joe you don't look like you're 65 at all
1: i'm not 65 (laughs) at all
0: (laughs) and no joe's dad though joe flannery senior joe
1: senior joe the third I'm not him. I'm Joe the fourth. Oh, you
0: were the fourth. Wow. Number
1: four, dude. Yeah. It's
0: so great to have you back. I oh was just my God. this morning talking about how you used to be a student here when you attended MSU. That's right. And I think you used to be on the News Project. I
1: was, yes.
0: And then you left to become a culinary artist.
1: I didn't actually leave. I think when oh. you first, when we first started doing this show back in, it must have been like 2017 or something. I was a cook at the Mankato Golf Club oh, here yeah. in... Mankato, Minnesota, beautiful gemstone of the Minnesota River Valley uh, under uh, Matthew Ziggich, who uh, is now the chef owner of Olive's restaurant in downtown Mankato. Everybody go visit him at Olive's. He's a brilliant chef. But I have moved on to not necessarily better, but bigger things in the Twin Cities. I've been cooking there for probably four years now through the pandemic, soldiered on through that. And we were still keeping up with the show.
0: Yeah, during we, that, we did over the phone a yeah, lot and yeah. and uh I don't know if if you want to tell there's a big surprise that uh, your dad of course it's his birthday today but uh,
1: what the surprise that I'm actually here in the studio? <laughs> yes it is. Dad, I hope you're listening at home. <laughs> I'm going to spend the day with you, buddy. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Cuz we
0: we made it like you were going to be on the phone Yeah, you know, Yeah, like yeah, usual. yeah.
1: I had to pretend like uh I had to, I didn't uh, uh I uh I had to lie to my father that I was working an event.
0: I gotta work today. Yesterday, dad. well,
1: not today, but yesterday, because he was driving around the Twin Cities, oh. and I was like, ah, "I got this event, I gotta do," because I'm I'm too good of a son
0: to oh. not want to hang out
1: with my pa. On <laughs> you his 65th are just awesome. Birthday, yeah, so.
0: and you know, your dad is a, a phenomenal artist, and and of course, you are a phenomenal artist in the culinary area.
1: Mm, yes, yes. Let's let's compare putting yeah. food on plates <laughs> to, to the aspirations the of a, on, yeah yes. no they're not I <laughs> I, I, I this is a hill I will die on they're not even in the same ballpark oh, okay. like somebody who you know somebody who like is a writer a painter a musician like you're you're working on this like ethereal like timeless yeah. thing you know what I'm doing my job is literally just cook that steak to the right temperature boil the potatoes properly you know, fry the olives, whatever. You know, I just got to do the same thing properly over and over and over again as laid down by the, you know, timeless history of cuisine and just honor that. But, but I'm not, I'm not like, you know, I'm, I'm not like creating the Mona Lisa, you know. Well,
0: uh, come on. Even Bob Ross had a recipe. <laughs> like happy little trees. Yeah, Bob Ross. Happy yeah. little clouds. I mean, so there's, you know, I, I, that's my, my um, meter that I'm comparing.
1: No, but that's actually good. <laughs> I like that. Bob Ross is like I love the, you. he's like the, uh, he's the, the, the chef of the painting world. He's got a recipe yeah, for how to make he did. those pretty little trees. Exactly. Yeah. Um. But co- I mean, cooking's like, it's the best job in the world. you know, but it's, it's not, I mean, you know, it is at the end of the day, like something I do to pay the bills, you know, like it's, it's just like a craft. But you
0: got into it because you loved it. You didn't get into it because, well, I got to flip burgers. Definitely not. No,
1: I just like food so much, you know, (laughs) and, and not just food. Like if, if I just liked food, I would get a job that pays well and I would just like cook extravagantly at home every single night. I like the restaurants. They're like, I always thought they were like glitzy and glamorous and my, my, my father and my mother... Um, We're always, you know, like there, there was, there was always like uh, a consideration to restaurants when we were growing up. Like they, they they're always like, oh, we should, we should do this, you know, or like we should go out to eat for a special occasion. Like Mm -hmm. there was always like some, you know, degree of um, importance given to restaurants. I mean, especially my dad, my dad will like have a restaurant meal and talk about it for like the next two decades. Like my mom's sitting here. Next to me in the theater and laughing because this is a common experience in our household really? where my dad will be will we'll, we'll say to like, oh, yeah, you want this thing specifically like the, a Reuben sandwich? And he'll 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 be like, yeah, for sure. It's got like this, this, this on it. You know, he's not necessarily like a chef. So he just has an idea mm-hmm. of like the flavor profile. And he's like, this is the greatest of this thing that I've ever had. He speaks of it like it's from the holy land. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then and then we go eat it at another place or eat it at the yeah. same restaurant or make it at home. And he's like, I mm. don't know. It's just missing that thing. You know, he's he's like he's got this like uh, this 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 holy biblical idea of, of meals. But that isn't to say that he doesn't enjoy food. Right. He's just he, he he talks about food like it's a mythological he object. He likes the
0: subtleties of it.
1: He likes the yeah. subtleties of it. he all I mean, he he's just you know, he's a man who enjoys a, a good table, okay. you know, a nice, a nice, a nice meal, a nice cold glass of wine or beer. You know, th- he's he is in the classic sense a man who enjoys his meal, which I love. I, I think like enjoying the gastronomic pleasures of the world shows you're alive and you're a you know a good red blooded human being. So you know. I gotta
0: ask you, Joe, though. Now you've been doing this for how many years? Six years. Six years. Uh-huh. So how have you advanced? From six years ago to where your dad would say, "Oh, Joe, I can tell that you've improved or whatever the word you want to use since then," because
1: I don't overseason food as much Uh, as I used to. I think, yeah, yeah, my mom. (laughs) Like when I started cooking, you know, the thing the thing you learn when you first start cooking is like in professional restaurants, not necessarily spices, but like butter, salt. (laughs) acidity you know like yeah, lemon yeah. or vinegar and stuff and like as a young cook you lack subtlety like you uh, don't understand the nuance of seasoning things properly so I would come home and I'd make food and I'd just like just hammer it with salt you know to the point where it would be like you know like you'd have one bite and you'd be like oh that's good but you couldn't eat a full plate of it so I
0: remember you talking about that yeah, seasoning to use things more, properly more, Well, yeah, you're talking about yeah. salt and I'm like well but salt isn't necessarily good for you and you're like but you have to and the other thing I remember is everything. Butter, 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 butter. Is yeah, it still
1: yeah. butter, butter? Oh, 100%. I, okay. work, I work at an Italian restaurant, and in cool. Italy, you know, predominantly olive oil is the, the, the okay. fat that they like to use, yeah. but I find ways to sneak butter into everything. And... This is actually cool. If you remember, I think our most listened to show from the old thing was the butter. Yeah. And I recommended specifically Hope Butter. You did? Hope Creamery Butter, which is produced here in Minnesota. It's excellent butter. Well, we order and use exclusively Hope Creamery Butter is at the restaurant I work at. Is that because at.
0: you are the chef?
1: No, that has nothing oh. to do with me. It's always been part of the deal um, at the uh, the restaurant I think my, my previous boss, the person who I inherited the job from, uh, values sourcing, you know, really premium ingredients. We buy everything from, you know, the farmers markets in the Twin Cities area or we partner with Waxwing Farms, an amazing uh, farm that you haven't heard of because no, they're just it's just, where, like, where are they at? it's just like a couple. I don't even know where they are. They're somewhere within like a fifty mile radius of, okay. of the Twin Cities. But it's just these two folks, uh, Pete, uh, Pete Racer and Anna Scold, and they just grow like just the best stuff.
0: Webster, Minnesota. It Webster, says. Minnesota. It's yeah. a forty-acre farm, so small. It's
1: small. Yeah. Wow. It's and the re- they're amazing. They come in to eat at the restaurant. Huh. Um, they're the real deal. So I don't know if you can buy their stuff commercially. I mean, maybe you could like, you know. Um,
0: they got a CSA. It says so. They do the yeah.
1: Uh, their their stuff is amazing. I mean, you know, the growing season is winding down. Oh well, yeah. You know, you know, Master Gardener Karen. You know, we could we could talk about what's in season, but nothing except potatoes and carrots is right. in season right. Right, exactly. right now, which rules because potatoes and carrots are the best. But yeah. Um. <laughs> you know. Uh, that that's one of one of uh, that was one of our legendary uh, tangents I don't even know where we started oh, well we here. started
0: talking about butter and mm. what makes what you know I want to go back again what makes a good butter Joe because why is it what is it the whole creamy butter has because it is more expensive and a lot of people you know that is a factor for some so why is it worth that extra amount I don't know. <laughs> It's the subtlety. I
1: don't know. I'm not. I, you know, here's the other thing that I've learned to uh, try to temper in the last few years of being a chef. You, uh, you, uh, you spend a lot of time as a chef blowing smoke up people's behinds, um, <laughs> you know. We make up a lot of stuff about food. You're going to sit down. You're going to watch Bobby Flay talking about what makes the best chicken. He's going to tell you something about basting it or whatever. It's like at the end of the day, you know, there's just sometimes all I can say is this person who makes this thing does a good job. And that's all I know. Okay. Maybe it has something to do with the diet of the cows. Maybe it has something to do with, you know, the fact that they come from a specific breed of cattle. Maybe it has to do with the fact that they churn the butter with different equipment than like your, you know, commercial like Land O'Lakes thing does. But I've ne- I haven't visited their okay. location. Fair enough. Maybe I said something on the previous show. I can't remember <laughs> what that is off the top of my head. I don't have my notes from four years ago. <laughs> all I'm gonna say is, hope Creamery butter, good product. Good. Buy it. Well,
0: it's kind of like you with, with plants. You know, proven winners plants. Yeah. they're really good why i I don't know they just are yeah Yeah, kind of thing
1: so it's really i mean like you know my job and what what i encourage like a good like a good home cook like what you're if you're not growing stuff in your own backyard which some of us do but (laughs) if you're not doing that like your job as a cook is to just like through trial and error find out what the best ingredients are i don't have like one sort of like secret to how to cook um, you, you used know, to, though, remember? What? Secrets on how to cook?
0: Yeah, you used to give us little tips. I mean, it's on... just, well, I'm
1: trying to give you one here, Karen. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to give you one. It's trial and error. You yeah. go to the store, whatever your store might be, and you go, oh, these carrots from this store, they're good. Okay. Or this butter from this place, good. This milk, good. You know, and that might be Land O'Lakes for you. you know, I think sure. Land O'Lakes, great product. It's like you just have to figure out what is going to facilitate you getting the best result out of cooking and like that's the only thing that like as far as updated information since the last time we spoke about food that I can offer it's just trial and error
0: well you know my husband of course i you know this because we were part of this, the gluten-free thing. Well, now my 16-year-old son also has to be gluten-free because he has celiac. So I'm my, sorry,
1: that sucks, but it's it nice does. that it's in the same family. At right. Least, you know, that well, worked so out. My,
0: my husband has done that experiment thing, especially with yeah. with cookies and cakes and things, because sometimes, some, of, frankly, some of the gluten-free flours suck. I mm-hmm. mean, they just don't produce a good product. Yep. So he has done a lot of experiments, and he found that the Bob 1-to-1...
1: Yeah, I remember. Flower. I remember that one. For
0: whatever reason, that yeah. one seems to produce mm-hmm. good stuff. And it's kind of like you said, it's been all trial and error. And he's done some yeah. that have been total flops. And yeah. it's like they're flat and they're like, what what happened to this? He goes, I don't know. I don't know.
1: You yeah. know, you yeah. just got to do it a bunch. That's like the one thing. My sister, Katie, uh, the, the 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 incomparable Katie Flannery um, uh, curling, curling master, Uh is is like becoming she's like starting to become somebody who cooks a lot has been cooking oh. for for a long time but is really starting to take it seriously and over the last few years I've she's been like oh how do how do i how do i like get better at cooking like what what do i do do you have a cookbook that you could recommend like is there a piece of equipment i should buy
0: well yeah that's the kind of thing i want to know is there a recipe
1: nothing, nothing nothing but time and consideration and thoughtfulness cooking is a relationship that you have with food and the people that you feed over the course of your life it's not something that you'll wake up one day and be good at i certainly didn't And it's still something that I'm developing and learning, you know, as a chef. Every day I go to my job and I try to just do the thing a little bit better. And that's all I got for the home cooks. You know, this is sort of a one-off show. So I'm really going to cut to the bone on this and just say, if you want to be a better cook, you just have to cook every day. There's, Or as often as you can, as often as time and money allows. You know, I know sometimes going out to the store and dropping a bunch of coin on nice ingredients, not super easy to do. You know, some of us just have to come home and throw, you know, the, the, the Rayos frozen lasagna in the oven at the end of the day. I get it. We're busy people. I got to do that sometimes, too. And I'm a chef. So no judgment coming from me in that department.
0: Let me let me have you do a shout out for your restaurant. So if people are listening to Joe Mm. and don't know where it is, don't know what it's called, don't know what you do. Let's talk about Joe Flannery, the chef's job and what he does and where it is
1: so kmsu is not expecting any uh, financial kickback from the restaurant that i work at for oh the no, sponsorship but Karen. It's always we welcome. are giving we are giving radio or maybe my mom should <laughs> receive compensation because she bought this airtime for me so so brenda we'll figure something yeah, out, out on the side here um yeah I work at the amazing James Beard nominated restaurant. Not Ooh. we didn't win. We didn't win. But I, you were
0: nominated, that's a big deal. I
1: wasn't part of the team I'm just Well,
0: but still. The it's amazing a good place.
1: the amazing chef, uh, Ricky uh Guilherme Bruno uh, who founded and uh, kept Hyacinth alive through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just like one of the most tenacious, scrappy, talented people I know. Uh, he founded the restaurant that I work at, Hyacinth, which is located on Grand Avenue in St. Paul.
0: Whereabouts on Grand? Because I mentioned you, I'm familiar with... Um, oh, man. I'm
1: Cafe that, uh, Latte yeah. and, and the... It's close to... Ca- it's like close to Cafe Latte. If you've If you're going east... On Grand Avenue in St. Paul, and you see the Punch Pizza or the Grand Ole Creamery, uh, you're in the right area. Okay. We're on that block. And Hyacinth is hard to find. Look oh. it up on a map. Okay. I can't remember what our exact street address is, but we are very low profile. It's a very small, intimate restaurant. There's a little blue awning. Um, there's It says Hyacinth on the door. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, look us up on the internet. I wouldn't just, like, bop around St. Paul and expect to find us. We're <laughs> a 30-seat restaurant. I mean, we're we're a hole in the wall. Oh, if anybody out there has visited St. Paul and you're into food, you probably know about the Golden Fig, which is one of the greatest specialty food stores in the Twin Cities. Oh. They are our neighbor. We actually inhabit the building that they used to own, and they moved to the place next to us. Um, anyway, uh, Golden Fig, go in there. You got all your dry goods. You got your nice, you know, heirloom grains. You got your pastas. You got your amazing spices that they uh, that they curate. But also one of the like most insane, like small little produce area I've ever seen their owner. Lori like has, I don't know, a Rolodex of like a million farmers and, uh, you know, uh, people in the Twin Cities area that she has. Delivered to her, or she drives out there and just just to get like a case of like these strawberries that you just got to try, Joe. She's always got something cool. So if you're in the Twin Cities area, go to Golden Fig and then stop in at Hyacinth for dinner. I'll be there behind the bar. I
0: just opened your website. It's Mm -hmm. a 790 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. And man, I don't know if the the food is as good as your pictures. Look, holy smokes. It is. Wow. It's better. So tell me about what is your specialty? What are your highlights that people would expect so
1: hyacinth has always been known for its pasta Um, hyacinth is an Italian restaurant very much in the style of like the small trattorias of Italy, which are, you know, a trattoria in Italy is, it literally means small restaurant. Oh. So it's like a mom and pop shop. They've okay. got like three pastas on the menu, maybe a salad, maybe a roast piece of meat or something, you know. So what you do you do? Very small, well. limited menu, Good. which we're, we're kind of in that realm. Okay. But pasta is a big thing for us. We, okay. we deal exclusively in dry pasta, which instead of, you know, everybody... You know, likes to proselytize about fresh pasta. Fresh pasta, delicious. But 95% of Italians on any given day are consuming dry pasta. It's just, okay. it's, it's it's a much more common thing. Sure. And we like to focus on uh, that sort of traditional Italian sort of, you know, um, home style pastas. Right. Um, uh, r- very often like Roman style pastas, which are heavy on the black pepper and the cured pork, which is really awesome. Is it
0: special? Dried pasta because, you know, you can go to the store and get like a giant box of spaghetti yeah, for like yeah. 99 cents. I
1: mean, yeah, we we import like like legit pasta from Italy, yeah. you know, like we're getting I mean, I think like Berea comes from Italy. I don't know.
0: Oh, OK. Berea,
1: a good product. I don't know. I've never met a dry pasta. I don't like, okay. you know, they're all like good products. Have in you my tried opinion. the gluten free ones? Yeah, yeah, we actually... I mean, even we, the,
0: they have some decent ones. They
1: definitely have some decent ones. We offer a rice penne uh, for gluten-free guests. Uh, unfortunately, um, because of all the flour yeah. in the air and just, you know, <laughs> we're a very, like, glutinous uh, or, uh, like, wheat flour yeah. restaurant. I'm not going to I'm not gonna say, like, it wouldn't, I don't know, kill you, Karen. What you would know, would just stepping me, in the doors of a restaurant <laughs> like Hyacinth where we're tossing flatbreads <laughs> in the air and... Um, no, uh but we we have a we have an excellent uh rice pasta and look, okay. it's not no no nobody out there who's like an aficionado of like wheat based pasta is going to go I can't tell the difference, but it's delicious. Okay. It's a delicious product. It tastes like rice, which has a great flavor. It's got an excellent texture. Um it's just super super good uh super good pasta. So
0: So what do you think? I mean, obviously the noodles pasta mm-hmm. are are the, the key ingredient, but what is it that you put in it or on it that makes it so special? Because, I mean, just a, a pot of noodles that you boil mm-hmm. is not going to be very great.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, there's a couple different things. So, you know, in the world of pasta, there's like your pasta, which has a bunch of red sauce and meatballs dumped on top of it. Right. Very, like, sauce-heavy. I love that, by like the way. Like SpaghettiOs or something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, <laughs> how
1: dare you? How dare you? SpaghettiOs, bad product. You Do what? not like.
0: Well, when we were kids, that's oh a that God. was our exposure oh, to pasta. They taste
1: like they taste like the most overcooked <laughs> noodles in ketchup. It's disgusting. Well, you know, it. when Whatever. you're a kid, but. What I think what you meant to say is like Sunday gravy, you know, like the classic Italian-American, you know, you come over to grandma's house and she's got the big pot of, you know, the Sunday gravy with the marinara and the sausages and the meatballs simmering for like, you know, the last week. And then she dumps a big ladle of that on the spaghetti and, you know.
0: That's a spaghetti. That's a spaghetti,
1: you know, gabagoo. <laughs> no, that's not really what we do. So okay. so for us, you know, uh, the way that we make pasta. You
0: don't get it out of the jar.
1: Yeah, um, we buy canned
0: tomatoes, oh,
1: you know. Okay, which well, are that's different than you know, but like. That, the but can- then we make it into a sauce. Yeah. No, we don't get it out of the jar. So <laughs> that's how um, I make mine. My... You know the, the the style of pastas we make, and I actually have a recipe here that I can share with mm. people if uh, if anybody wants. Uh, to, uh, like my personal favorite pasta that we're making right now. Um, but well,
0: sure, you're like a professional chef. Why I am. Wouldn't I'm we?
1: actually kind of like a professional chef. You are. Um, but but it's about the marriage of the noodles and the sauce. Oh. So instead of making your sauce on the side, boiling your noodles, putting noodles on the plate, and topping it with the sauce right. we cook everything in the same pan together ah, so they marry so gotcha. you you take your your sauce which can be as simple our simplest pasta is olive oil black pepper and butter
0: that's simple those
1: three and then of course a little bit of cheese at the sure. end to finish um, but but it's 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 the simplest pasta you can imagine it's called cacio e pepe which means pepper and cheese in italian um, it's like Italian mac and cheese, but it's all about really? the oil and the pasta and the pasta water, like marrying and binding together and uh, getting like nice and creamy in the pan. You know, that's, Is
0: there a special way to make it? I mean, you talk about marrying it in the pan, like not overcooking yes. or all those things that can go wrong. Yeah. I
1: mean, cook the pasta to your preference. I know okay. some people don't like the ala dente pasta. Ala dente means it still has a little bit of um, uh, texture. It hasn't yeah. like the, the, the it, it's not totally soft all the way through. Right. It's still got a little bit of texture in the middle. I, I don't care. Cook it. If you want al dente pasta, look at what it says in the, box, uh, the back of the pasta <laughs> box. Cook it to that, you know, doneness. If you like it more, leave it in the water for a few more minutes. Whatever. I don't care. Yeah. What's important for making the like the authentic, not authentic, the the, the way that the Italians would do it. Sure. There is a, a gesture, and I'm probably going to butcher this word and its pronunciation, but I think it's called la manticatura, which means... It's the motion of the pasta jumping around in the pan and you can do that oh. by whisking it around with a rubber spatula or if you know how to toss a pan where you know you, you the, the, the sort of flashy gesture that you see chefs when they have some sauteed stuff mm. in a pan and they' they got the pan by the handle and they're jumping it around in the pan yeah. you, you know that's the motion but really it's agitation it's agitating the pasta and And the sauce. So all the starch Mm -hmm. kind of starts to knock off the pasta and the pasta emulsifies, which means the fat and the liquid sort of become one. It becomes creamy and rich like that's that's like what's important is like mixing the sauce with the pasta aggressively. Um, That really seems to be like like what I've what I've experienced is like that's kind of the that's kind of the nice the nice way to do it. But, you know. It's something you gotta like. It's something you gotta work with, you know. Like I'm not gonna say like go home and like throw pasta all over your kitchen trying to like do this. this you need thing.
0: to. You need to practice. Like you, you, you need said. to
1: practice. You know, watch some videos of Italian grandmas making pasta. Well, A you bit. used
0: to watch Julia Child, which yeah, I, I mean, always because you used to do. Well, you did remember the another popular show of ours was when you were imitating Julia Child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my name is Julia. And let's add
1: some more butter. Uh, yeah. I don't know if Julia Child was ever big on the pasta. Um, I mean, I'm sure she was. She loved all food, but, um, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Julia Child cooking Italian food. If you guys really, want, yeah, oh. eh, if you guys want something that's like really good for like getting you amped about Italian food right now, um, uh, Stanley Tucci has a show on CNN called Finding Italy or something. My ma, you're watching it, right? Brenda's Brenda's in, sh- in in the in the show right now, nodding at me. It's awesome. It's just okay. everybody's favorite guy, Stanley Tucci, bopping around Italy and eating food and loving it. And and you know, um, he talks about. Y- y- there's good footage of actual Italian chefs cooking, and like, okay, he he like really has a lot of consideration for food. You know, it's not some like fluffy food show. Um, it, it, it really it's solid. It's solid. Like like if you if you wanna if you wanna if you wanna get an idea uh, for like you know. Real Italian food. Yeah, just go check that show out on CNN. Um, I think it's really great. Uh, More free sponsorship.
0: We have a listener who is asking a question. Ask Joe Does does hyacinth make its carbonara with or without cream?
1: Get out of here. Of course, we don't use cream. I'm insulted. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing that this listener Is asking about carbonara Because that is the recipe that I brought to share Oh, today wonderful Because carbonara is I think an excellent dish For the colder months, it's hearty Okay, It's really rich, do we have enough time to talk you know, A little bit about carbonara, how many minutes mom, do I have?
0: Your mom is the, the day sponsor You can have the entire rest of the show If you want,
1: outstanding, alright So carbonara. all I have
0: to do at the top of the hour is just let them know that What they're listening to, so we're good so. okay.
1: Alright, well but, stop. just stop me if I start ranting. Well,
0: let me before we get to, to that, it? I will do that. But this other this person also said, Good to see Slovenian and Austrian wines on the wine list. Apparently they're looking at your highest. That's amazing.
1: Our incredible wine list is uh is outstanding. Some of the best wines I've ever had in my life. And niche stuff, not like these big grand crews from France. Like we have a really, really cool, well curated wine list at Hyacinth and an excellent cocktail program. Well come I, sit at the bar.
0: I do have to say this person is a wine connoisseur. He actually writes a column. You know Lee Pomeray? No. You don't. Well, oh, you do. My mom does. My though. your mom does. I'm but sorry, Lee. Every every magazine, uh, the Mankato magazine. He has a a list of basically it's about wine. Yeah. And and beer. He's a connoisseur, wow. so oh. he knows we talk. He also says, or may guests bring their own wines to the restaurant. If so, what is the corkage fee? So I he knows. His don't stuff. know
1: what the corkage fee is. But you we can. definitely have oh, okay. one. Yes, you can. We're happy to accommodate. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's probably whatever the standard corkage fee for a restaurant in the Twin Cities is. I don't know what it is, but uh, yeah, guests do that very often. All right, so Um,
0: I'm going to do our our ID, and then we can get into the car... Carbonara? Did I say it?
1: Yes, you nailed it, Karen. Okay. Perfect pronunciation. (laughs) All right,
0: so it's just about 11 o'clock, and you are listening to A Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio, 89.7 FM in Mankato, and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin, online at KMSU.org, broadcasting from the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato, big ideas and real-world thinking. It's 11 o'clock and I've got a guest in studio. It's Cooking with Joe, Joe Flannery Jr., as we are celebrating Joe Flannery Sr.'s 65th birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday to Joe. And just having fun because we used to do this show for quite a few years, a number of years back until Joe became a professional chef and got a little too busy.
1: Yeah. Even before I was a professional chef, I was too busy. It was just like... You. It was post-pandemic stuff, you know. Yeah, I'm not going to explain why I don't do the show anymore on air, but I mean, not that there's a reason. It's lit. It was literally just one day. I was like, Karen, I'm too busy. I can't. Oh yeah, yeah. And and uh, you but know, it was fun. It, oh, it was the best. I love. So yeah, yeah some red- of my fondest memories were were doing this show with you. I, I love hearing my own voice, so it was great for me. <laughs> well, um, now,
0: now, okay, so now he's the chef of Hyacinth, which is a really great. Italian restaurant in the Twin Cities St. Paul, specifically Grand Avenue and you're going to be sharing a recipe so we're talking to a professional chef Let's Talk Carbonara Let's Talk
1: Carbonara, okay and by the way I'm not going to I don't think I've, uh, I I haven't been on the radio in a minute but I I don't give really like quantities of (laughs) ingredients because it's just like there's no point, go, I'm not going to remember them properly, go on the internet (laughs) Find <laughs> a recipe that sounds like it's similar to the one that I'm giving you right now. And just listen to my advice because cooking is more than, Experiments. than cooking. is more. It's more about like, oh, you know, this quantity or that quantity. It's about like the feeling of the food, mm-hmm. how long to cook something or just visually knowing when something's done. So the pasta that I want to share with you guys today is carbonara. Carbonara is a... Is it's one of the like great traditional pastas from Rome. Uh, in in Rome, they love black pepper. They love pecorino romano, which is a sheep's milk cheese. It's very tangy, very salty. Um, so in b- back in the way back, uh, you know, when uh, Roman shepherds would be bopping around, they would bring dry ingredients to make their lunches. And the things that would keep while they were bopping around were black peppercorns, pecorino romano from their sheep and dry pasta. So they would make cacio e pepe, which is just pepper, cheese, and a little bit of fat, olive oil, butter, whatever. Um, But then, you know, if you want to sort of luxurious that That pasta up a little bit, what do you do? Well, you add an egg yolk and you add some guanciale, which is uh, cured pork jowl. So that's uh, there's also this like weird anecdote that American GIs in Italy during World War II wanted to have bacon and eggs. So they started putting eggs and bacon, which, you know, guanciale is like bacon, essentially in their pastas. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's a natural progression to just start adding eggs and fat, (laughs) fatty, fatty pork to your uh, to your pasta. But whatever. I'm not going to get into that. Okay. what I want to get into is how to make carbonara because Everybody is scared of carbonara. They think it's like difficult to make. They think you're going to scramble the eggs when you put them in the pan. Well, it's it's honestly not that hard. I've actually found it to be one of the easiest pastas to cook. Um, so carbonara is very simple. It's just a few ingredients. You're going to have your cured pork jowl guanciale, which you can definitely find in stores here I in mean, Mankato. I've bought is it. Is that
0: like a, it's a, just a meat? Basically. It's just me, yeah.
1: It's the, the 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 cheeks of of pigs are very fatty, so oh. it almost resemble. It, it has a fat content similar to like the belly cut of meat, which makes bacon.
0: I, I've never heard people say I'm going to go buy some pork jowls.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's like a fairly niche ingredient. Okay. You know, you're probably going to get it imported from Italy or like made it some like specialty um, charcuterie. But that's place one of your secrets. States. Well, so we actually use uh, we we use pancetta instead of guanciale. Traditionalists, and that's why I'm saying guanciale today, because traditionalists believe guanciale is, it's it's just like, it's it's got more flavor. It's got like a different fat content. It is excellent, excellent stuff. But pancetta works. What is pancetta? Pancetta is the belly of the pig cured in pretty much the same fashion. Bacon. Yeah. It's unsmoked bacon. And as a matter of fact, they're really going to crucify me for this one. But if you want to, you can use bacon in the carbonara. Oh, Smoked, good old American applewood smoked bacon. And. Oh lord it's delicious.
0: So so that's fine.
1: I mean I'm giving you permission right now. Okay. I don't know the Italian American Association is probably gonna but be knocking at my door. Would you do Pen, that? We use pancetta. Okay. Yeah, I, I would only use bacon if I was doing Because you order some in
0: like, con, you order in uh, large amounts. Probably. Exactly. Yeah, I Versus. order I
1: order like big slabs, like whole bellies oh. of. So pancetta. if you're
0: like just doing yourself, maybe a thing of bacon would be Whatever fine. Whatever you got, okay. man.
1: Whatever you got, just use it. Just get some pork fat involved and some and some some pork product. So, um, it's a really simple it's a really simple pasta. You're gonna boil your noodles on the side and you're going to saute your pork product which should probably be pancetta or guanciale if okay. you can in the pan with some olive oil and I like a little bit of butter just cuz butter's good. A little butter. We do a little bit of butter in the restaurant cuz everybody loves the butter. And you just want to cook the pancetta or the guanciale until it's like brown, and it's given off some of the fat and then you take Black pepper. You take your black pepper mill and you you crank that black pepper mill into the pan until your arm falls off. I mean, Ooh, a metric, seriously, buttload of pepper. So much.
0: Doesn't that make it? Yes, too...
1: it makes it spicy. Oh, it's a, but that's the, that is the like that's the flavor profile of the Roman pastas. They're so beyond the amount of pepper that you might put on your like steak or whatever. You know, it's hot. It's spicy. It's robust. Okay. I mean, don't put like. Don't put like three tablespoons of ground black pepper into this thing. But use a good amount. You really want to taste it. And here's the other key thing. You're going to grind this pepper into the hot fat in the pan. And that's toasting the pepper. It's waking up all the aromatic compounds. It's toasting it slightly. It's giving it this nuttiness. It's giving it this like this this warming spice almost in the realm of like clove or cinnamon you know sure. really really amazing characteristics of black pepper that we don't get when we just have it like raw ground um you know on on your on your table um so you toast that black pepper okay. and then you're going to take a little bit of your pasta water from cooking your pasta Let's reserve a little bit of that it's got all the good starch in it and stuff and a little bit of salt that's nice and then you take your noodles and you put the noodles in the pan with the pasta water and the guanciale and the black pepper and then you just swirl it around
0: what kind of a pan are we talking a skillet like or a or saute a-
1: like a saute pan oh, okay. yeah okay. i mean if you just want to use like a uh, anything i don't care because if you're not tossing this you know like you see the chefs on tv doing you're going to be using like a like a like a rubber spatula ah. so you just want to get you know you screw it put it in your stock pot i don't care <laughs> just just have it in a pot or something that you can put on your stove and you can stir because what we want to do here is this is that that motion la mantecatura that i was talking about which is mixing the noodles and the sauce together you're forming a bit of an emulsion You're getting everything kind of to know each other. The water that's now infused with the pork fat and the black pepper and the olive oil is getting soaked up into the noodles and they're absorbing this flavor. So it's not noodles and sauce. It's together. They're combined. That's really what the important part is, is letting the noodles simmer in the sauce so that they get to know each other. Not for too long. You don't want to overcook your noodles. Now here's the crucial part that everybody sweats over, which is going to be adding the egg yolks. So I haven't given anybody quantities of like you know how much stuff we're putting in here because it's just you just get a feel for it. Look up a recipe. I don't know. I mean, Figure we're it talking out. like for, seventy-five uh, grams of pasta is a portion.
0: Are we talking like for a couple people or whatever? Whatever. What whatever. I mean, I, I I make I
1: make pasta for my. I can make. One pasta for myself or I can make pasta for eight people at the same time. The amount of effort is more or less the same. You got to work the pasta a little bit more, you know, maybe cook it a little bit longer when you're doing it for the eight people. But if you got a big enough vessel, you can do it. Okay. but here's here's the part you got to be careful with. So there should still be some liquid in your noodles. They should be like, you know, if you sort of pull the noodles to the side, you should see water pooling under them. They should not be covered in water. The water shouldn't even go halfway up the noodles, but there should be a little bit of water and like the fat mixed In the bottom of the pan. Now, here's the important part. You're going to put in egg yolks. So, not the whites, just the yolks. And this is going to make it creamy. So, your pan should be hot. Everything should be hot. But it should not be on the flame. So, you're going to take about one yolk per person. So, if you're doing 75 grams of pasta. 75 to 100 grams of pasta is, like, customary for one's, you know, like, moderate Mm -hmm. serving. One yolk. And you're going to put however many yolks for however much pasta you're making in the pot. And... In Italy, you would take, at this point, a lot of Pecorino Romano cheese, a lot of grated Pecorino Romano cheese. I don't use Pecorino Romano cheese. I use Grana Padano, and I'll tell you why. I
0: don't know the difference.
1: Grana Padano is Parmigiano-Reggiano. So Parmigiano-Reggiano is cow's milk and aged cow's milk cheese from, like, Parma.
0: The kind you get in the little green thing and shake on top? Exactly. Seriously. (laughs)
1: Seriously. It's real. That is real cheese. Oh, I, li- I like that stuff. But we don't use that. Oh, but no, but no. it is. But it is. That's real Parmesan. Oh,
0: wow. Okay. I, I don't. I know assumed if it's it was from, like some weird product. or I something.
1: I mean, it's. I don't think it's like. It's not protected by like the 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 cheesemakers guild of Italy. Like okay. it's probably just like a s- Parmesan style cheese made sure. in the United States. But I think it tastes. Pretty it's, good. It's I, mean, t- I mean, it's not real Parmigiano-Reggiano, but it's like 60% of the way there. Okay. It's pretty darn good. I like shaking it on top of my pizza, I'll tell you that. So good to know. Don't use it in this application, though, because with this few ingredients, yeah. having like real delicious authentic ingredients is really helpful. So I put Grana Padano cheese in my carbonara and I'll tell you why grana padano cheese is aged only about six months whereas parmigiano reggiano is aged 12 and beyond so the moisture content in the parmigiano reggiano and the protein content is much higher so essentially you know I don't need to get into the scientific elements of it but if you put a very aged very dry cheese in this hot boiling liquid what's going to happen is it's going to the cheese is going to clump up it's going to like stick to the noodles it's not going to get nice and creamy so i use grana padano cheese because it emulsifies uh. it melts into the sauce really nicely well that's
0: i think one thing is when you get lumpy stuff you don't like that.
1: No exactly you want a smooth yeah. creamy emulsion in the carbonara so I take a big old handful of grated grana Padana cheese and I throw that in the pot with the egg yolks and that liquid is still in there and then I put it back on a very very low heat and I mix and I mix and I mix and, I mix and what you're going to see is that egg yolk is going to start cooking and it's oh. going to start fluffing up a little bit in the liquid and it's going to get creamy and rich. The texture we are trying to achieve is mac and cheese. Everybody's had Ooh. mac and cheese like yeah. the Kraft mac and cheese out the box. It's It's rich. It coats the noodles. It's like, you know, smooth, smooth. It's like a nice velvety, creamy sauce. That's what we're going for here with the carbonara. There are two extremes. If you don't cook it at all, what you're going to get is still a delicious coating kind of richness from the yolks. And some people only just toss the hot noodles with the raw yolks and leave it at that. And that's good. That's delicious. That's fine. I like to cook the egg yolks out a little bit. It gets rid of that raw eggy flavor and the egg yolk starting to thicken up is nice that that like mm-hmm. awesome velvety texture um it's just but un- it's
0: in the water with so
1: well, the egg yolks are in with the water and the cheese and so true. it's not like you're not getting scrambled eggs like hard clumps that's of what yolk. i was wondering yeah no 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 no, no, no. totally smooth as a matter of fact, some people might not even notice that there's egg yolks in the carbonara, and this is why people think that it has cream in it, or think they should add cream because that uh-huh. is the that is the texture that you're getting from the so egg yolks. So it making, isn't
0: the cream what they maybe thinks in there. It's the.
1: I mean, look, cream in pasta is delicious, and I know people put cream in carbonara. And you're not going to receive any hate from me because if it tastes good, that's all I care about. But I don't find it to be necessary. I would be wasting my money if I started Uh putting expensive heavy cream in my carbonara. Because the yolks have all the richness that I need. And the fat from the butter and the olive oil and the guanciale. Like, you don't need to add cream. Cream is good. But... There is no need for it. There is already plenty of fat and flavor present. As a matter of fact, it would be diluting the spiciness of the black pepper and the porky cured guanciale like you're taking away. We want to add. So essentially all you do is you just cook it until it's thick and looks like mac and cheese. Now here is the place where you could go wrong. You can overcook the yolks at which point they'll stick to the bottom of the pan, they'll scramble, and they'll taste like burnt oh. scrambled eggs. Oh. Don't get to that point. Just mix your pasta vigorously over low heat until it looks like mac and cheese, and then you pull it off. You're done. You're That's done. It? You put it in a bowl, and then then comes the Pecorino Romano, that amazing, tangy, salty sheep's milk cheese from Rome. You grate... A boatload of that on top of your like still hot carbonara. You bring that to the table, you put a spoon in it, you stick it in your bowl, you eat it with and your fork in your mouth and your spoon. Oh my god, it's uh,
0: and is uh, that one of your specialties at your restaurant?
1: You know it, Karen. We do a mean carbonara now. Okay. We we do a little bit of a different carbonara. We use egg garganelli. Garganelli is That's a that. small, um, sort of like, um, have you if you've ever had penne? Garganelli is like a penne shape. It's, it's kind of like a, a cylinder, a little noodle. This is a little tiny noodle. Okay. It's not, you know. Traditionally, you make the carbonara with like spaghetti or maybe like a fresh shape like a tagliatelle or pappardelle. Like so a doesn't big matter. long it's noodle. Just
0: what you prefer? I mean,
1: I just I, I like it with the garganelli. I like it with the small shape. Okay. I think you know the there's a hole that runs through the middle of the pasta, and all that sauce gets stuck in the hole. So you eat it, and it's just like a pff, Good. like a rich egg explosion. I mean. Uh, but, you know, it's good with any noodle shape. I mean, the one thing I've really I've really learned about Italian cuisine is like there are definitely some sauces that serve different noodle shapes better. You know, like facili is really awesome. It's got all these ridges on it or but like the long noodles like bucatini or something, you know, yeah, it holds sauce a little bit better. I mean, you know, you could get into that the nuances of like what shape is better for what and there is validity to it. But at the end of the day, it's like you use what you got, use what you like. Mm-hmm. um, and you know just make your family and friends happy or make yourself happy first and foremost i mean that's really what it's all about uh, um so that's all i got on garganelli you know well, but, uh, sorry on the on the on the, um, the, the carbonara
0: well I, our listener says uh, carbonara, carbonara is my friend john's favorite dish he used to have his own winery and still has a 3000 bottle collection
1: nice.
0: that's how he judges a fine italian restaurant a
1: good carbonara
0: oh uh, i think wine is part of oh, it oh wine yeah we, <laughs>
1: come on down to hyacinth we well, got I said both to,
0: i said send it to hyacinth and tell him to say hi to joe and he said hyacinth may attract him out here because he sounds like he's from out of town yeah, yeah yeah but uh and then he says which stores in mankato have oh,
1: guanciale know. yes <laughs> uh so when i worked at hilltop High V for a little while we had guanciale in the uh in the uh the charcuterie section so that was where i used to get it okay. i don't know if you can anymore uh, shoot your shot, See what's up. Just go say hi to Carl behind the behind the counter. He's the cheesemonger over there and he'll help you out with the charcuterie. Um, but yeah, just ask, you know, the thing is like a lot of these grocery stores, and I think I've said this before, here's one of my pro tips, a lot of these grocery stores can order these products for you. So these grocery stores buy from purveyors, you know, like like international purveyors who import, you know, cheeses from Italy or France or you know whatever. And it's very likely that they carry these products, these oh. these, o- these purveyors carry these products. But an individual store might not because there's not really a demand for it. Like, I don't think there's a huge demand for guanciale in Mankato. So what you might have to do is you might have to go down to your local, you know, whatever. You might have to go to Hilltop IV, or you might even have to go all the way out to the St. Peter Co-op. You know, maybe they have something like that out there. Um, would and a just...
0: place like Schmidt's Meat Market have something or is it not the kind of thing they would do?
1: I don't think so. Okay, I, I have I don't no know. idea I, because, like, you know, th- that would then that would probably be like something that they would be doing in house, and I think they're uh, more like, you know, the Eastern European sort of like German butcher side of things. Yeah, and, probably. And right. in that in that cuisine, um, they don't make guanciale; they probably make a cured pork product. Listen, listeners in the Mankato area, please take my advice. If you can't find guanciale, if you can't find pancetta, make carbonara with bacon. It is not traditional, but it is delicious. That's all I'm going to say on the matter. Please don't like don't blow out your whole Saturday scouring the yeah. town for guanciale. Go to a place, go. Do you got it? Do you know anybody in town who might? If you don't, maybe you can order me some so I can make it in two weeks. Buy a big slab of bacon okay. and go home and make it with the bacon because the bacon carbonara is delicious stuff.
0: And and this uh, Lee says, um, yes, carbonara is how he judges a great Italian restaurants. And he says, why no, and I don't know this, why no Amarone della Valpolicella on the wine list? <laughs>
1: I have very little to do with the wine list at (laughs) Hyacinth. Usually our our front of house people uh, are amazing. Uh, Wine people and servers will give me a glass from time to time and tell me a little bit about it. And, you know, maybe I'll talk about like what food goes good with it. But at the end of the day, I don't have any involvement with the wine list. So
0: bring your own. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, Karen, don't say that. Well, no, because you mean, bring your own. OK, like bring a bottle of wine, but buy buy some cocktails from what? us. You know, come on. hey, Come on. Come on. <laughs> if we're going to prop Hyacinth up, we got to prop it up. Right. <laughs> Please bring your own wine to Hyacinth. But like, you know, bring the really nice like Grand Cru champagne that you're going to have with your last course. And then we'll do the corkage fee for you. Buy like a nice bottle uh, of, of, I don't know, whatever we got, got like a nice lime brusco on the menu right now. You know, buy buy some wine from us. Come on. We, you know, have something you haven't had before. I don't know what that wine this listener is talking about is. Well, he I'm does, sure he's like great. an expert in that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't no. know. Maybe, maybe you know, I'll go back and I'll look at it and I'll say something to our wine person next time we're talking. Yeah, like, like, why hey, don't we have... Hey, why don't we have this thing? We do have an amazing Amaro selection. Amaro is like the like bitter aromatic, uh, herbal, after-dinner drink, you know, okay. f- famous everywhere throughout Italy. So we have an excellent Amaro uh, selection, Amaros from Italy, some from France, okay. some from the United States, you know, just a little little something-something after after dinner to kind of settle the stomach, um, sort of put a little nice punctuation on the end of the meal, or also good for before with a little bit of Prosecco, whatever you want. Um so that's, I mean, that's one of the unique things about Hyacinth is we've got a killer Amaro list.
0: Well, here's what I want to know, Joe, since now you're an official chef, right? I, I actually can be called a chef, finally. Well, well, and now is the guy that you took over for, is he still there or did he leave?
1: Because so, your, on your yeah. Facebook,
0: it still says his name there.
1: Yeah. Uh, so Ricky Gimbruno, the founder, uh, the chef founder of Hyacinth Restaurant, is uh, very recently a... Happy father, he just had his Ah. first daughter, and him and his wife, uh, um, Ashley, are selling the restaurant, have sold the restaurant, to one of our, uh, one of the first cooks ever hired at Hyacinth, uh, a gentleman named Abe, and um, uh, the- But
0: you've been appointed the the, the head chef? I've
1: been the head, I've been the, we call it chef de cuisine, which means like, I'm in charge of ordering food, writing the menu, planning the menu, coming up with recipes, telling- cooks how to do sure. things so it's so it's like a management position you know right. but I'm on the line every single night you know cooking with the guys which is do you what I get like. to
0: scream and yell at people like Jeff Ramsey oh my God. does. You know, I was um, going to ask. Yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, no. This is this is actually interesting because I can actually this is I actually have something meaningful to talk about here, which is being a chef is incredibly stressful. Oh yeah, because the hours have got to be crazy. This, the hours are crazy. There's all this pressure that maybe you're only putting on yourself, but there's like this this understanding in the restaurant industry that we like sacrifice mind and body yeah. and personal life to achieve the highest level of cuisine that we can. And once you reach the top and um, at the top of the kitchen hierarchy, so to speak. All this pressure, you know, kind of feels like it falls on your shoulders. And I got to be honest with you, Karen, it makes it it, it definitely makes for um, some some very unpleasant emotions from time to time. Did it
0: turn you into like a meanie like him? No. Oh, okay. I don't
1: really. I I, I have far too much respect and appreciation and... um, um honestly just like camaraderie and friendship with with the other cooks and you know all, just all the members of the team at highest. But Hiest
0: do you think and, some of that was mainly for TV too though?
1: No, unfortunately. Oh, you don't? you no, think that's, no, there's there's a lot of real rage oh. in kitchens and there's like a precedent I'm for shocked. it, you know, like chefs chefs will be like just you know if you're getting advice from like an older chef and I'm not saying this has happened to me but I know this goes well, on. Well, you're young yet so. Yeah, but like it's it's very effective to just scream at people. You Yeesh. get you get
0: I would cry and run out of there.
1: (laughs) Well, the people who don't leave because, I mean, I've seen and have been the person crying in the walk-in refrigerator because, you know, somebody's screaming at you. And sometimes, very often, actually, people leave the restaurant because they just don't want to take verbal abuse. I mean, it's it's it is. So it happens. It it happens. It's utterly unacceptable, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, being angry being frustrated that things are not going the way they should is a very common experience amongst oh. chefs cooks bartenders, servers I mean wow. the world of restaurants are unpredictable and when you're trying to be in control of a situation and things just keep on going wrong or they don't go the way you want or somebody's new and they're still learning and that's kind of creating some friction um, by no fault of the new persons mm. you know it's just part of working with a new team member that can make you very frustrated and a lot of chefs um, result, uh, or um, they they fall back on on yelling and screaming and 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 saying you know negative things to their employees. Um, Have
0: which, you tried to change that dynamic? Uh, there was really none of it at
1: Hyacinth. Hyacinth oh, is a really unique good. restaurant in that um, we're very we try to take things very easy. We try to offer a very high quality of food and drink. But one of the most amazing things about uh, Ricky, who was the the, the the original chef of Hyacinth he created a really incredible culture that, in that's that kitchen. Good. Very laid back, calm, very high standards, but but no yelling, no negativity um, coming from the management. You know, like like I, I really appreciated my time working for him as a cook and I'm trying to, you know, be um, trying to carry that forward. But I mean honestly like um, It would be insane for me to yell at any of the people who I work with. You know, they're they're just incredibly talented individuals. You know, our kitchen staff is incredibly small. It's me and three other cooks. Um, So really, we work together as a team. I'm not like, I don't have like 20, you know, Are you working seven days a week, six days a week? No, God, no, five days a week. I get a consecutive two-day weekend. Seems like
0: before it was like you kind of, kind of. Get whatever shift they tell you and do. Yeah, it.
1: no. Now I pretty regularly have okay. Sundays and Mondays off, which you well, know good. there's there's a great stability. Hyacinth is is you know uh, a really great place to work. I have a nice work life balance. Um, you know, it's still stressful to be a chef because it's just yeah. the lifestyle. But you know, um, I work with my girlfriend, which is like the greatest gift ever. That's how you met?
0: No, actually, oh, no, no. We
1: just met on a dating app. Oh, but okay. And the Hyacinth was like one of our favorite restaurants. But so we just she ended, works there now. She too? works there. She's a bartender and a server. Ah, there you go. Uh, the incomparable Ava Macaulay. Uh, who um, I love very much, and um, nice. I love working with. Some people were like, "Oh, you're gonna hate working with your with your girlfriend. You're not, you know, you're, yeah. you know, you're gonna see each other all the time. You're not gonna be able to stand each other." And when she shows up, it's like a ray of sunshine. I'm like, "Oh my god, Ava, Yay! let me tell you everything that's going on." You know, she, no, she's she's wonderful. I love working with her. She's also like just a killer, good server. You know, mm-hmm. she can. Diag- Does she like to cook? Diagnose too? problems. She's a better cook than I am. Oh, okay. oh yeah, wow, oh yeah. She's she's outstanding in the kitchen. She has been a cook in her life before. Um, whenever I'm like working a new dish uh, at Hyacinth, yes. you know, I'll bring it. I'll bring it to the employees and I'll be like, "Okay, guys, eat this. What do you think?" Bless them. They're all so sweet. But sometimes I know there's something that's not quite right yeah. with the dish that I'm working on, and they'll still be like, "Chef, it's great. It's perfect." Ava, She'll my girlfriend, you know. will give me honest feedback <sighs> on all of my dishes and will not spare. a uh, a necessary critique which is I cannot state how valuable that is for me as a creative person to be like I need just the one like no BS take on this like is this good is it isn't it you know there's some other people who I definitely go to you know my youngest line cook uh, that I work with um, uh, is a very like honest guy you know so I can go to him and he'll be like "Ah, I think it needs some more of this chef but um yeah, you know, getting honest feedback as a chef is pretty pretty important, and sometimes people don't want to hurt your feelings because you're putting yourself out there creatively, and I, I appreciate that, you know, but Joe? it's just nice to have some no BS. Do you have a message
0: for your dad? This is, Do you hear the music?
1: This is the, yeah, this is the I Like Bread and Butter or whatever. Yeah, we're
0: closing yeah. the show because uh, this has been great. Yeah, It's yeah, yeah, yeah. so fun to I'm have sorry, you I'm sorry, I just
1: rambled for a minute. No, years here. Yes. I just
0: love that. I love all you bring in. I wish we were doing this every week, but we're not. Yeah, so sorry, let's, uh, what is your message to your dad since you're in town? <sighs> happy dad, birthday, dad, happy
1: birthday. God, I love you. You're just the best. Uh, you've been, uh, you know, an amazing guy to eat and drink with over the many years here and you are certainly a, a great source of my appreciation and respect for food and drink and just thinking critically about all of the above so I'm looking forward to sharing a meal with you tonight happy birthday my dad Joe Flannery number three uh I love you so very much and I'll see you pretty soon I will be coming home
0: Shortly. Oh, Joe, thank you so much for coming on the show, for for celebrating your dad's birthday, and thanks to your mm-hmm. mom for being the day sponsor for Joe Flannery turns 65 day.
1: Wood Wood Wood. He turned 65 yesterday, but whatever. Oh, okay,
0: officially. That. That. Yeah. Yeah. It's his
1: day on the KMSU. We can fudge it a well, little bit. Well,
0: we hope that he enjoys his day off. Are you cooking for him tonight? You know it. And what is on the carbonara?
1: <laughs> no, he would probably, now he probably wants it because I oh. talked about it on the radio and I made him hungry. No. Uh, the man's getting uh, some big old ribeye steaks with red wine sauce bordelaise and a big old platter of shellfish, and maybe a nice little bottle of wine to go with it.
0: Outstanding, yeah. thanks, Joe. We're going to have to put you uh, send you to the the text here and read all the notes about wine that you you. Uh, yeah,
1: send uh, it send it my way.
0: Our listener needs to. Yeah, to, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, thanks, Joe. Bye, Karen. Bye. All right, how fun was that having Joe Flannery on to talk about all things food and uh, celebrate his dad's birthday?